Someone once told me I'm in relationship, but I don't know what to ask. I don't know what to do. It's because you don't understand assignment. When you understand your assignment, then everything else needs to fall in. And that goes back to Matthew 6, 33, seeking first the kingdom of God, then every other thing will be added to you. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Dunker. Today, I have my amazing guests. They are my pastors. They are amazing, wonderful people. And our topic is relationship and purpose. They are Pastor Charles Falami and Pastor Dr. Mrs. Yatunde Falami. Kindly introduce yourself. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beautiful evening. Samyeti Falami, um, pastor. I co-pastor RCC Jerez and Shrine Restoration City with my husband. Pastor Charles. I am a pharmacist and I am a mother of three amazing girls, Ayo, Anu, and Ara. Hi, and I'm Pastor Charles. Like Pastor Yeti said, we pastor uh, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, our Rise and Shine, Restoration City. Pretty much, we're taking over the Hudson Valley for Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys for coming here. I've been trying to get you guys and see where to fit you in this podcasting because you guys have been like with me from day one. You knew about Barry because Corner and all of that, and I really appreciate you that you are here. So let's dive into our topic relationship and purpose okay i just want to start with you guys telling me how you met so the very first time i met pastor was in 2003 it was actually at his uh, cousin's wedding that was the very first thing that i set my eyes on him i saw this cute looking guy and like oh my god this guy's cute Things went on that day. I never met him before that day. And I believe like a month after I saw him at that church, he actually came with his cousin to the church that particular day. And I'm like, isn't this the guy that I saw at your so-so's wedding? I'm like, oh, he's here now. At that point in time, we actually had a very active young adult ministry in our local church then. And one of the members of the ministry actually that known him before then just brought him to the other members of the group and say, this is a child, this is a cousin. 
you know, it's not going to be part of the young adult ministry. I'm like, ooh, all right. <laughs> but, you know, at that point in time, things just happened in this way. And I mean, I forget all about the butterflies and whatever that I had the first day. But the very interesting thing is that we met actually in our place of assignment. We got closer in the course of being members of the young adult ministry. And here we are. It's been 12 amazing years of marriage. All right. So in that 2003, you see, she saw me, but I didn't see her. I was focused on Jesus, you know. I was going to ask, did you set your eyes on her that time? No, I didn't. I'm such a focused guy. I was there on assignment that day. So I was walking in the spirit, keeping my eyes on Jesus, you know. But then in 2004, like she rightly said, I followed my cousin to church that day. It was actually an anniversary. They were having their church anniversary. And I'm someone who I know my calling was in music and teaching. So when I heard the choir that day, I was so drawn to the choir and I kind of knew then that I had an assignment in that church because the Lord had been moving me. And that day I knew that I had to be there. So when those who took the lead in the music, the rendition they had, I felt that connection there. So I knew that I had an assignment in that church ever since I started going. So I knew that somehow I was going to be part of that choir because I just knew that there was something drawing me to the choir there. It was in the course of chasing my assignment that I now met Pastor Yeti. It happened then that I went back for the young adults and I started going to the young adults even before I started going to the main church. It was the young adults. These are people I can relate with. And when I was introduced, I just knew that there was something for me in the young adults. So I joined the young adults choir. She was in the young adults choir. We started singing and doing stuff together in the young adults. Then one thing led to the other. I joined the leadership. She was in the leadership. And from there, somehow we got connected. We found ourselves in a relationship and the rest is history. Before then, I had always known that my purpose, my destiny, uh, the assignment that the Lord that's committed into my hands. The only way it would be achievable and the only way the journey would be smooth is for me to get married to the right person as well. It has a lot to do with my purpose. It has a lot to do, you know, everything that the Lord has committed into my hands. So the issue of marriage, it's something that I was passionate about from a very young age. And I took time praying about my future, about my marriage. So it wasn't something that I took for granted at any phase of my life, even when I was not ready to get married. Yeah, I was already praying about it. So when I met Pastor Charles, you know, when they always say you close one eyes in prayer and you open up one eyes and you watch and pray. So that was exactly what I did at that point in time. <laughs> and it worked out well by the special grace of God. Can you tell us the importance of purpose in relationship? Because sometimes some people, it's okay, you know, they say love at first sight or they just fall in love and everything. And sometimes it works out for some people, but other people, when they do get together, it's like, oh, they find out that their purposes were different. And it's like, instead of them coming together, it's pulling them apart. Can you guys talk on the importance of purpose and relationship? You know, why it was important to you guys or why it's important in general? All right, I'll take the lead on this. Matthew 6.33 tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us. You see, it all starts with understanding. Understanding is very, very key to any relationship. You see, 
Many of us, when we go into relationship, we tend to forget that when we are going into it, we are not going into it by ourselves. I'll use myself as an example. I was already walking in my purpose before I met Pastor Yeti. So I knew that I was going somewhere. The calling was already on me. I really had an understanding of the calling on my life. You understand? So when I got into a relationship, I didn't take off the calling and put it aside and go into a relationship. And that's why I feel that many people miss it, is that they feel that their, their relationship and their calling are two different things. So when they go into that relationship, they are going into it themselves thinking, okay, you call it, you stay out here while I go into this relationship. And when I'm in the relationship and it's where I wanted to go, then I can come back for you. But no, it should be the calling first because the man ought to be going somewhere. Adam was going somewhere even before Eve came. The Lord already gave Adam his assignment. His assignment was to take care of the garden. His assignment was to name the animals. His assignment was to manage the garden before Eve came along. So when we are going into a relationship, we need to understand that it's the calling first. So when you're now bringing someone into that relationship, that person ought to see you working in your calling and be able to say, while the person is praying and all that, the person should be able to say, okay, the calling that this person has, do I fit in it? But the unfortunate part is that what we try to do is that we get into a relationship and we now ask, does my calling fit into my relationship? When it ought to be the other way around. So it ought to be, this is my calling. Does this relationship fit into that calling? So that's what I believe happened with us. I was in my calling. She was in her calling. And while we were praying and while we were, you know, from a distance looking at each other, we were analyzing it. Can this person fit into this calling that I have? Can I fit into her calling? So that's where purpose comes in. So you got to understand where you're going. You got to understand the calling of God upon your life so that you can say, okay, if this person comes into my life, does this person fit into this calling or does he or she fit into this calling or do I fit into the calling of this person? Does she fit into my calling? That's very important. And I think one of the problems we have today, you know, in the society, it's because one party goes into the relationship because they needed to be validated. And it's very dangerous when you do not have a sense of direction before you go into any sort of union. So it's very important that you're sure of yourself, you're sure of who you are in Christ Jesus, that you're already complete in Christ Jesus. Everything you need is already embedded in you. And you're going into that relationship so you can complement each other. So I didn't go into, you know, be validated and say, yes, this is societal expectation. I have to date somebody now. I have to be in a relationship now so that somebody I can be socially accepted. No, we understood exactly where we were going. Of course, I already had an idea of my purpose in life. I'm not going to say at that point in time, I had a full understanding of exactly what my purpose was, but I had an idea of what my purpose was. And I took a step 
along that path. And when we got married together, it complemented our sense of direction and what the Lord has actually handed into our hands individually. Were you both pastors by that time? No, I was with brothers or sisters in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I was just a worker at that point in time. I became a minister actually after we got married. But Pastor Charles, he really had a pastoral background in his uh, local church that he was attending before he started attending the same church with me. So Pastor, you already had a title pastor before you guys were married. Not a title. I wasn't in ordained as in ordained, but I was in the leadership. The church I came from, I was the assistant pastor there. Okay. I'm asking this because sometimes you get married to somebody and you feel like, oh, you are in a relationship with somebody and the purpose is not yet fully baked or grown, but the person is in their purpose. You don't know where it's leading them or where it's going. But as you guys get married or as you guys go together, you realize that purpose is being fulfilled as you go. And I like one thing that Pastor Charles said earlier is that you didn't put your calling aside to get into the relationship. You don't put your calling aside to get into a relationship, but you are going in it with the relationship, you know, I mean, your calling can be being a pastor, being a doctor, being a teacher, being a business person, whatever it is. So you're not going to say, oh, hold on business. I need to get this relationship right. You are coming in with the business. And so the person is understanding that this person comes with this. So you as a partner have to find out, am I able to go with this person? Am I able to fit? It's not just about like what Pastor Yudi said, to be validated or, oh, this person has a lot of money or this person is so handsome and so tall. So he's a good match for me. And I'm thinking about my kids but you're looking at what that person is carrying, what that person has, so that is it going to work with me? Am I able to work with that? Do you guys want to talk more on that for a little? Yeah, let me say something. So while we were in relationship, at the same time, too, it was a time of discovery when Pastor Charles approached me then. I know very well that it was something that he prayed about you. He had a conviction in his heart that this is the path that the Lord wants us to take at that point in time. And when he approached me too, I prayed about it. And we were people under authority too. I told you we were workers. We're very active in the young adult ministry. We're very active in church itself. So we were actually both under authority. We're very close to our pastor and mommy pastor. You know, we're very close to the youth pastor then. So these were people, they were actually working along with us in the course of the relationship as well. So it was not just something that we were just doing on our own. It's very important for you to have somebody that you answer to. So this is some of the things that guided us through the relationship. And in the course of the relationship too, like I said, it was a time of discovery for us. It was a time to talk about our purpose. It was time to talk about our assignment. At that point in time, we're talking, this is what the Lord has called me to do. Pastor Charles would say, this is where the Lord is leading me. So we're both talking. At that point as well was a time like, okay, does this person's purpose actually matches with what the Lord has called me to do? Because God is not an author of confusion. There's never an author of confusion. It makes everything beautiful in his own time. And it makes the ways of the children of God so perfect. So it was a time of discovery for us. We learned about each other. We all learned about each other. And we knew at that point in time, that this was the part the Lord wanted us to dread. Just to piggyback on what Pastor Yeri said, even before I approached her, I was already doing my investigation. There's one thing that I think is missing in our 21st century relationship is that we don't spend the time to investigate from afar. I know she can attest to this. There were many times that I would go to their house and I didn't go alone. I was going with my friends. We would just go to their house, just visit and stuff like that. 
But during that, I knew in my mind that I was going there for a purpose because I wanted to know the kind of background that she had. I wanted to know because, you see, you want to see that person in their comfortable state. You want to see them because oftentimes, you know, when you're with this person alone or with other people, they tend to put up their best. So you want to see them in their natural state. You want to see them how they really are. And that was what I did by going to a house with our friends and going out. Even administration, when we go out to minister, you are observing this person to see them in their natural state. Okay, is this person hot-tempered? How does this person react to things? You know, what is their mindset about things? If I call her apart to say, okay, what is your mindset about this? There's the tendency that she want to say what I want to hear. But when that question comes to her in a natural state, where she doesn't even know what I'm doing, you know, that I'm already investigating her. So even before we got into that relationship, I was already seeing, does this person fit into the calling and the assignment that I have? And during courtship and all that, it's very important that we discuss the real things. You know, oftentimes when we're courting, people want to talk about, I love you, you love me, things like that. And that is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But then you have to begin to ask the very important questions, the very deep questions. Do you see me in your future? What is your calling? You begin to talk about those things that you know that are non-negotiables to you. Those are the things you need to begin to talk about. Because in relationship, you should have your non-negotiables while you have your negotiables. And negotiables are like, okay, he's tall, he's short, he's light, he's dark complexion, he's missing one teeth or not. Those are negotiables, but there are some non-negotiables when you're talking about your assignment, when you're talking about where you're going, things like that. Those are non-negotiables that it doesn't matter. You know, you have those things you just can play with. So one of the things that actually attracted me as we continued to learn about each other at that time, one of the things that attracted me to Pastor Charles was his passion for the things of God. Talking about the negotiables and the non-negotiables, I knew one thing that he would not compromise with or that he would not negotiate is the things of God. When is that said to do anything that has to do with the things of God, it's like it does it to the very end. It's just very straightforward. And I knew that was one of the things that I was looking in my God-given man and the Lord just made it work out very perfectly for us. I think what you guys have said is very important that especially in this 21st century, we're not investigating, we're just looking at the butterflies, <laughs> feeling what's going on in the heart. You're like, oh my God, this person is so good. This person is so cute. But you're not thinking about the questions. You're not even asking the questions, you know, the deep questions that would help you know whether I need to go to forge ahead with this person or not. And one of the things that I talked about on the previous podcast, actually, it was just released today, is that the couple said that whilst they were dating, they started going for counseling and I realized that like from where I'm coming from in Gambia it's like okay you're going for counseling when you've already set the date for the wedding but these people were saying they went for counseling prior to even when they started dating they know that they want to get married but it's not like they had set a date for the wedding they're already going for premarital counseling to know whether this is a good fit 
or not. And I feel that if you want to go for counseling, you can, but having that guide, having that mentorship is very important as you go along. Okay, you found the person or you found someone that said they're interested in you. How about, okay, can we go and meet these people? These are my people that are my covering or my mentors or my uncle or my aunt that are really good. I really want you to speak to them so that, you know, they'll help me process things or help me ask you questions or ask us questions that will help us in this journey. And I think that's one thing that is so important that people need to start looking into if you're in a relationship, try and find someone that is like a mentor or someone that you look up to that you can go and talk to and say, hey, this is somebody that said they're interested in you or we are in a relationship or we want to be coming to you. Like once in a while, you know, ask us the deep questions so that we know what we are going to because people are not asking these questions. When they enter the relationship or the marriage, they now start saying, um, I didn't know this about you. I didn't know that this is what you wanted. So I feel like those are important things you talk about, Tasha, and then the investigative bit that you need to find out things. You don't have to be in the presence of that person asking them, but outside of it, so that the person is not just acting just to impress you or saying or answering questions just to impress you. You made a very valid point. Remember that I actually talked about the fact that we were people under authority. We were very active in church. We we're very close to our church pastors. They're like our spiritual parents, very close to them. So we had their guidance. Pastor and I, we were in the relationship for five years. Actually, I met him the very first year in pharmacy school. <laughs> so we were in a relationship for five years and you know how it is a man and a woman dating each other especially with societal pressure and a lot of like things going on around you so it would only take the grace of God for us to be able to navigate through the journey of relationship for five years with no trouble and of course there were times that you would almost cross the boundaries but the grace of God would help you and thank God for the power of mentorship that we talked about we had a spiritual parents and we also had a counselor's too that we we're always looking into the word of God together. You know, we had books that we were reading about relationship. We were always talking. We were open to those people and they were actually open to us. We're talking about boundary setting a relationship. You know, when you begin to work with people like that, you will tell yourself that there are people I do not want to disappoint. And so that was actually a guide for us. I did not want to disappoint myself. I did not want to disappoint God. I did not want to disappoint those people. And from the very first time, after Pastor Charles approached me, I knew from the beginning where we were going. I knew this was a relationship that would actually head into marriage. I knew exactly what the plan was. And from the very beginning, I was open to my family members, my parents. Before then, you know, he said he was already coming to our house. So my parents already knew him. But the moment we actually decided to take it to the next level, I was open to my parents. I was open to my siblings. So we had people that were like the watchdog, you know, <laughs> making sure that boundaries were not crossed. And then at the same time, we drew that line of respect for each other. He respected me. I respected him. And he knew that I was answering to somebody and I knew he was answering to somebody to as well so we kept that going how have you guys been able to support each other in your purpose like i said the purpose is very important when the purpose of a thing is not known mount Moreau said abuse is inevitable Romans eleven twenty nine tells us that and when God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to him, they are never rescinded. The King James says the gifts and callings of God upon your life, they are not taken back. So, which means that we all carry a purpose, a purpose that we will answer for at the end of times. When we're standing before God, we have to answer for that calling. We have to answer for that gift. So, it's very important that a marriage that, first of all, I recognize the purpose in Pastor Yedi's life and I help her do well 
in it. She recognizes the purpose in my life and she helps me do well. Because on that day, we're not going to stand as a family. We're standing individually to give account. The Bible makes us understand that in the parable that Jesus gave up, the one with five talents, the one with three and the one with one. So you're going to stand before the Lord to answer for that talent or that calling or that purpose to which he has called you. So then it's incumbent upon me to make sure that she does well. She does well in it. I believe that one of the callings upon my life is to push people in walking in excellence. So it's a passion of mine, especially when it comes to kingdom things, when it comes to kingdom culture when it comes to doing the things of God. And this is a passion I've had even as a non-believer. And I knew that that was something that God was calling me to excellence in doing things. So I knew that even when I became a Christian, that I would pursue that excellence. So it's a comment upon me to make sure she excels in her calling. And I believe, you know, that's the same thing for her, that she wants me to excel in my calling So that has kept us making sure that iron sharpens iron. We rub off on each other. She sees what I'm doing in my calling. I see what she's doing. We exchange ideas. You know, we talk about it. What can you do better here? You know, things to do to make sure that at the end of the day, we both excel and we can both stand before the Lord and answer. I always say something to that. Sometimes it's a world and the world itself, it's very busy with everything that is coming from different angles in the world. Sometimes it's very hard to get fired 365 days in a year. You actually have your low moment sometimes that, you know, you get weary. Even Elijah himself, there was a time that he was tired, that he was weary, that he needed God to propel him to move forward. And that's exactly what it is in relationships. There are times that one party is tired. There's a time that one party is more fired up. But when we complement each other in the relationship in our calling because we exactly knew where we're going and that is what we are there for for each other to make sure that the time that you know for days that I'm tired that I'm weary Pastor Charles is there to push me is there to propel me it's there to support me to give me the emotional support that I need the spiritual support that I need the physical support that I need you know in the attainment of that purpose in the attainment of our assignment and there are times that he himself is tired that he just needs that word of encouragement from me to say yes we can do it together you know the Lord has spoken and he would definitely do it. So alignment of purpose, it's very, very important in every relationship. I think having these conversations also help. Some people call it pillow talk, where you communicate all the time, checking in on each other, seeing that, yeah, this person is okay. Because you guys have grown close together, like you already know, you already feel like, okay, this person is not okay today and checking in on that person and not just assuming that everyone is fine because they haven't said sometimes some things happen and it's hard to speak up at that moment but once you guys are together it's important that you are having these conversations or just checking in on each other and just making sure that you are both okay so that you move in the right alignment and I like the other thing that you guys said earlier was the man leading because the man is the head of the home right and most guys know that you know you are going to be the head of the home so you have to factor in the fact that you are leading your wife you are leading your kids as well as they come so if you know you can't leave please <laughs> just calm down and sit because how would you expect the family to flow how would you even expect you guys to work in purpose to go in the direction that god is calling you to you know so it's very important that you are ready to lead because it's like a leadership <laughs> position altogether. Marriage is different from just, you know, the boyfriend and the girlfriend time, you know, where you're courting. It's totally different. So if you know that you can only please. <laughs> I just wanted to chip that in. Let me piggyback on that one. It's wonderful that you said if you know you can't leak, 
but it's very dangerous for the lady knowing that this guy cannot lead and you still go into a relationship and you marry this person because then it becomes a power struggle because the guy you know as scriptures have said he's the head of the home now if you already seen the signs in relationship that this guy cannot lead but then you go into marriage with this guy and now you want to take the leadership role then it becomes a problem because now you're going to that marriage thinking you can fix the guy, thinking that you can change the guy when it's very wrong. You're going into a relationship to compliment, not to fix or to change. It's the Holy Spirit that changes. It's the power of God that changes, not human beings. So we cannot make that mistake to say, okay, the lady cannot make that mistake to say she's going to that relationship to fix him, to change him, because that's not her role. That is not her responsibility. It's the Lord that can change. It's the Holy Spirit that can change. The lady's going into that relationship to compliment the guy. So she should be going into that relationship with both eyes opened to see that this guy can lead. And the moment he can lead, you need to take a step back and make sure he's assumed that position or you back out completely. I heard somebody actually say something that, you know, love today is no longer blind. Even the one that is blind cannot see well, is already wearing glasses, you know, <laughs> that love now wears glasses. So you just, like Pastor Charles said, your primary purpose should not be that when I get married, I'll fix the guy. Those days are over. I don't think we ever had those days like that. But people just go with that assumption. And that's why we've had a lot of marriages actually crash today. Don't get me wrong. You have to make adjustments in relationship because we're coming from different backgrounds. We're coming from different family. What we take has been normal in my family might not be what is normal in Pastor Charles's family. Yes, we'll have to adjust. We'll have to make some changes. But it's not for me to go and fix Pastor Charles and say, Oh, we eat pancake for breakfast in my house and you eat pancake for dinner in your house. You have to turn the world around. No, but we make adjustments in relationship. I also wanted to add that being the leader or being the head of the home doesn't mean you are going to control, well, control in a way like you sit here, you go there, you can't do this or you can't work here anymore or you can't like, this is something you should um, have conversations about before you even enter the marriage and if it's something you cannot do then you know that you know take the back to just not go into it they are very right they always say there's a difference between a leader and a boss so as the father of the house you're coming that's what god wants us to do according to the biblical concept it wants you to come from a place of leadership not from the place of a boss And those are the things that are very essential in conversation while in relationship, talking about finance, because I've seen marriages break because of finance, because the guy is someone who sees into the future, who plans for the future, he saves for the future, but the lady was more of someone who lives in the present. So every money that was coming in, she spent it on the present without thinking about the future, no savings, no nothing. And naturally broke the marriage, which made me to wonder, hmm, which means they never talked about finance in their relationship. Because if they did, this would have come up in conversation in the mindset. You see, your mindset comes into play here. So she never knew that that was the kind of person she was when it came to finance. So that could be one. What about sex in marriage? Thank God for a relationship. But these are things that we need to begin to discuss. I've seen a marriage also break 
because the lady's mindset was that she's going to a relationship to be with a man. She's had some issues in the past. And coming to that marriage, she has made up her mind, no sex. This is real life, no sex. But this did not come up in their relationship. So it was after marriage that the guy got to know that she's had issues in the past. And now she's coming to marriage with him and she's saying no sex. And the guy is like, seriously? So the marriage broke apart. So those things that might seem insignificant these days are now very significant. You cannot leave anything to assumption. You cannot say, oh, she should have known that I'm going to marriage and I'm going to have sex. She should have known that I want kids. She should have known or he should have known. This is not the age of should have known. This is an age of knowing, bringing it to the table, discussing it. Okay, how many kids are we going to have? You know, I love sex. I want to be having sex every day. Things like that. Nothing is now left to assumption. These are things that we need to discuss even before we go into marriage. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to say is that even this generation, I believe we have a system of advantage than maybe the older generation. I believe like maybe like in the past, there were some things that were like abominable even to mention in the church. There were things that were like forbidden to talk about in relationship. But as the world is growing and things are revolving, these are like very pertinent issues that couples should actually discourse. You know, we've seen a lot of examples around us. We've seen a lot of people that have gone ahead of us and all of those issues that have been discussed openly now. This generation has a system of advantage to actually learn from people that have actually gone ahead of us. You know, these are issues. And I said it before that the time of relationship is a time of discovery. And like Pastor Charles said, you cannot leave anything to assumption. I cannot just be thinking in my head that what Pastor Charles is thinking is this. We have to spell it out. I think it's very disheartening when you get married to somebody and the other person is saying, I don't want to have a child. These are things that you should have discussed. These are things you should have found out before you got married. So if these were things that were discussed before marriage, you know, oh, she doesn't want a child. I want a child. So that means we're not compatible. We can go at different ways. But when we leave things by assumption and just say, we can't show things under the carpet anymore. Communication is a key factor in every relationship. And you build that communication skills even right from the time that you're dating. When you begin to build it at that point in time, you're loving each other, you're dating each other, and you're friends to each other. You're speaking out. You speak out in a way that you're not speaking to condemn the other person, but we are both speaking to understand each other. So we're speaking with each other and not speaking at each other. So would you say that being together has made you guys know more of your purpose and shaped your purpose more than before you got married? Before we met, I knew part of what the Lord has in stock for me. I had a sense of direction, thank God. But after we came together, I was able to have a better and a clearer understanding of exactly where the Lord was taking me to. So the very first step is I knew exactly who I was in Christ Jesus. And I knew that calling, I knew that purpose. But marriage actually helped me to have a broader, you know, understanding of the spectrum of that assignment. When you're in the business of ministry, you're in the business of people. And when you're in the business of people, you need to understand that people come with different personalities. People have different mindsets, different goals in life. 
So being able to live with your partner, understanding your partner, you know, understanding that they might not see things like you do. Like I'm an introvert. Pastor Yed is an extrovert. There are things that I do as an introvert that it seems strange to her. And the things she does as an extrovert that seems strange to me. So the fact that we've been able to, to live with each other and adjust to our different behavioral styles it helps me to be able to take that experience and apply it to ministry where you're dealing with people with different styles, people who do not see things the way you do, who do not react to things the way you do, who do not communicate the way you do. So by working it out in relationship, it helps you to take that experience and work it out with people that you are called to minister to. Any advice to people in their relationships and how they can better support each other? Let me lead with that. On Sunday, one of our guest ministers said something. He said, it's very important for you to marry your own kind. That kind could be taken in different directions. When I say my kind, my kind could be, does this person have a relationship with God like I do? My kind could be, okay, do I see myself in the calling of this person? Can I see myself working with this person in marriage? My kind could be finance. My kind could be my mindset, the way I think about things. My kind could be anything. So what I believe should happen in a relationship is that, first of all, you need to understand yourself. Many people think they understand understand yourself, but they really don't. When you understand yourself, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing your calling upon your life, it drives the kind of relationship that you will enter into. You don't enter into just any kind of relationship. When you meet someone who is of royalty, they don't hang out with just anybody. They don't just go out with anybody. And we might think, oh, they're being prideful and stuff. But no, you have to be with your kind. People who have the same mindset as you. So if you see yourself as someone who is expensive, someone who is of quality, someone who is not just anybody, someone who you know that Christ died for, if you know you're going somewhere, you carry God, you are his representative, you are his masterpiece, you are his ambassador. If you see yourself that way, then you wouldn't just enter into just any kind of relationship. You wouldn't move with just any kind of people. It has to be people who are going in the same direction as you. So I said that to say this. People need to keep their eyes open in relationship. Why are you in that relationship? If you're in it because you're desperate, then you've missed it. If you're in that relationship just because, then you are missing it. You are missing it. And that's where many people get it wrong. It cannot be a relationship of just because. It cannot be a relationship of desperation. It has to be a relationship that is going so on, that is focused. A relationship that is going in line with assignment, your calling, your direction. And when you understand that assignment, then you can begin to ask the right questions. You can now begin to focus on the right things. Someone once told me, I'm in relationship, but I don't know what to ask. I don't know what to do. It's because you don't understand assignment. When you understand your assignment, then everything else needs to fall in. 
And that goes back to Matthew 6, 33, seeking first the kingdom of God, then every other thing will be added to you. It's like when you're going downtown, when you're going downtown in New York here, then you'll begin to ask the right questions about how to get downtown. You'll find out the right bus. You'll find out the right train. You'll find out the right station. Those are important questions to ask. Why? Because you know you're going downtown. When you're going uptown, you know you're going uptown. So you ask the right questions. You will take the right bus. Those are things that you need to know. But if you don't even know where you're going, then you're susceptible to take just anything. You're susceptible to just take any train. Whether it's uptown or downtown, you don't care because you yourself, you don't even know where you're going. You're just taking any train. You're just taking any bus. When you don't know where you're going, everywhere will look like it. So that's how it's supposed to be. You begin to ask the right questions when you know where you're going. And like I said before, the world itself, it's very busy. You know, it's so many things that is happening, like storms everywhere. And the, the society too places a lot of pressure on people, you know, societal expectation. I am 35 years old. I do not have a man yet. Or I'm a 40 years old. I do not have a wife yet. People that go into relationship because of this reason, as the primary reason, it takes the grace of God for that relationship to actually be able to stand the test of time. And I say that to just draw on the fact that it's easier for you to marry a man with a vision. They always say marry a man with a vision and not a man with television. The content is more important than the container. So like Pastor said, there are some terms that are negotiable. There are some that are non-negotiable. So the things that are non-negotiable are things that have to do with the kingdom. Things like kingdom bound that you cannot compromise. Me marrying or going into a relationship with an unbeliever. Those are things that you cannot negotiate at all. That's the beginning of trouble when I make steps like that. But things like it's tall, it's this, it's that. Those are things that can change over time. But the ones that you cannot change, it's the things of the kingdom. We'll now go on to our next segment, which is the highlighting of Barrier Breaker. I want to highlight our Barrier Breaker, who's Kamala Harris, and that's the Vice President of the United States of America. She's a woman, and she's an amazing person that has worked her way up to where she is. And why I kind of highlight it is because, you know, with Barrier Breaker, she says, take a step of faith and defy the odds, right? And she took a step of faith, announced that she's running for presidency, and she didn't continue in that cause just because, obviously, she wasn't getting the votes that she wanted or their numbers weren't going the way she wanted. But because of that step that she took, now she was recognized by the now President Biden that we are going to work together. We want you to be our vice president. So if she hadn't taken that step of faith, she wouldn't be where she is right now. And to tie this down to what we are talking about today, which is relationship and purpose, can we take a step of faith into relationship? Oftentimes when people say take a step of faith, it means that they are confused. When they're saying, let me take a step of faith, they're saying, let me see. That's trial and error. So what part of the relationship are you taking the step of faith in? Because like we said, there's a place for investigation. There's a place for praying. There's a place for mentorship. There's a place for the word of God. So where are you in those different areas? What have you done? One thing that I'll always remember my, my late dad for is that every time you come to him with a situation, whether it's your homework, 
whether it's a situation you're going through or whatever it is, the first question he would ask you is, what have you done? So he wants to see that you've taken a step in the right direction. He wants to see that you've done something. So when you say taking a step of faith, my question to you will be, what have you done? What aspect are you saying, I want to take a step of faith? And what do you really mean when you say, I want to take a step of faith? Are you trying to take a step of faith in this day and age where there are already books to read in relationship? Are you taking a step of faith where there are enough people to be mentors to you? Are you taking a step of faith where you have the Bible accessible to you? Are you taking a step of faith when you have all these resources available to you? Even heaven will ask you, what kind of step of faith are you taking? And is it coming from a place of rebellion? Is it coming from a place of laziness? Is it coming from a place of, I know it all. Is it coming from a place of no one can tell me what to do? that you are quote unquote saying you're taking a step of faith. To me, I will want that person to define what do you mean by you're taking a step of faith. Taking a step of faith, could it be that you've gotten some kind of confirmation in your heart that, okay, this is what God is speaking to you about, but you are not sure, but you feel like this is what God spoke to you about, or you feel like you've gotten confirmation, but not that you want to do it, but you're doing it by taking that step of faith. When Pastor Yeti started up, she said something that we had people that we answered to. We had people over us. We had mentors. And these are not mentors that just came on when we got into relationship. These were people that we had over us before the relationship. And that's very key. Before the relationship. It's very important that you have an intimate relationship with God before the relationship. Make sure you have an intimate relationship with people that you answer to before the relationship. So that when you now get into a situation like this, that you are quote unquote walking, you want to take a step of faith, then you'll be able to go to them. You'll be able to run to them and say, this is what I'm going through right now. And they will be the ones to now stand in prayer with you. They will be the ones to now give you their life experience. They will be the ones to be able to speak to you, speak to your spirit man, and be able to say, this is the way to go. Walk in it. So the Bible says in Amos 3 verse 7, it said, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. So at that point in time that things are still a little fuzzy for you as a person, depending on your relationship with God, he would always confirm his word through somebody. And like Pastor Charles said, it's good for you to have that basis of relationship with God, even before you relate with another man. So if you have people that you're answering to, if you have people that you've surrounded yourselves with, when things look like, you know, it's a little cloudy, these are people that the Lord will speak into their hearts and they will say, yes, you're taking the right direction. And I can actually relate it to when we started, then when Pastor Charles spoke to me, I had to pause at some point in my life, like, oh, this is the guy that I've seen before that I liked the very first time that I saw him. Am I saying yes now because I've liked him from the very first time? Am I saying yes because it's love at first sight? Those were things that I had to take a pause at the point in my life and take an inventory. You know, am I just getting carried away by the feelings or by the emotions? So I had to take a pause. God confirmed it to me, but I was like, am I hearing myself well or am I actually hearing God? So God actually confirmed it through his prophet. This brings us to the third segment of our podcast, which is the Let's Talk Tuesday. So the question is, on a first date, who pays the bill? And during courtship, when do you start splitting the bill? 
I would say the man, Pastor Charles, can contest that. <laughs> Let me answer this from a deeper level. All right, Pastor Charles, don't answer it from Bible level now. <laughs> We're here to discuss Bible. Yes, everything is biblical, but let's start from. <laughs> Let me throw this in. And this one is deep. This is very deep because it's something that has been on my heart ever since I experienced this. And it's because I've not discussed this with those involved. So I will not mention them by name. When you understand your assignment and your purpose, and you're already in a relationship and every confirmation has been confirmed that this is the person that is meant for you. But reality is showing that this person doesn't have it together yet. And when I mean that, I'm talking about he knows his assignment. In terms of him being a leader, he knows that. I'm talking about material things now. I'm talking about there's the possibility that that person might be struggling presently, that as a matter of fact, he has his degree, he has everything, but he's struggling presently. And in that situation, what do you do when you go on a date with this person? If this person doesn't have it, he might decide to loan money from his friends and say, I'm going on a date, I need this money and stuff like that. But when you've gone past the level of trying to impress the lady, when you've gone past that transparency and everything, and the lady understands you your present situation. I don't say anything wrong if she fits the bill, if you go out on the first date. Well, you said a first date. So this one is even down the line. That's so... <laughs> this this was already down the line. So anyway. <laughs> on the first day, you know, they are trying to impress. And I think the Western culture, the first date, yes, yeah, supposedly, you're the man, you're taking the lead. You're trying to hire my leader. That's exactly the way, you know, marriage is and relationship is. But one thing I wanted to say is that, like Pastor Charles said, mutual understanding is very important. Yeah, Western culture has actually dictated that the man should actually foot the bill. But for me personally, as a woman, I should have that understanding that, yeah, I am paying the bill as a woman just because I know that he doesn't have it, but not for the fact that he's stingy. That's a very important thing too, as well, when you're going into a relationship. Like we said, you have to marry your kind. You have to go into a relationship with your kind. These are some of the languages. These are some of the signs that you can actually see before you go into marriage. If the man is a very stingy man, he can't even spend $5 on you before marriage, what's going to happen in the course of marriage? That's the way that I see. Just be sure that you are not taking the vaccine when it comes to finances because you're stingy or because you feel like you're not deserve it. Because love itself is given. You know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that it gave his only begotten son. So you cannot say you love without giving. Obviously, in the beginning, you are trying to impress. But as time goes on and you feel like this person does not have it, you have to be understanding to come to that point and be like, yes, let us split the bill here. Or I want to foot this bill today, you know. And even in marriage, too. Some cultures are like the man takes care of everything and the woman just keeps their money. What do you guys have to say about that? It's communication. Is what you set up in your marriage in your home? Is it a home where you all have joint accounts? Is it a home where you have separate accounts? There are places where it's all joint accounts. There are places where it's all separate accounts. There are places where it's both. And it's all about communication. Okay, these bills will be coming from this account. These kind of bills will be coming from that account. If it's eating out, okay, this is the account assigned for it. So it depends on what you have set up in your home. 
that was amazing conversation that we had. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing the deep, deep stuff. I am also learning and growing. So I'm enjoying these conversations and I'm super grateful for you guys taking time out to do this. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the BB Corner Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they-